The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And I'm Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. Howdy, howdy. Yeah, fall is here. It is. The chills I'm ready. are back. I'm ready. I'm so ready am for I. it. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent ready. I've been ready for a while. I'm not I'm not one of those people who loved the ninety plus degree weather <laughs> in the summer. I was like, I left Kansas for a reason. Right. And that was one of them. Yeah, exactly. Well, that and <laughs> many other things. Yeah, right. But right. yes, yes. So, you know, it's it's I like having to wear layers. Mm. I like a lot of people have been passing around social media. Like right before we got on the show, you and I were both joking about how social media does all these different things and not all of them great. But one of them is like they're passing around that old um, thing from, I think it's SNL, where it's like, sweater weather, sweater weather, oh, sweater weather, sweater weather, sweater weather. Like, I'm so happy it's sweater weather. Like, I am super happy because I have a closet full of sweaters. Oh, there you go. Pull those out. Yep. That's right. Got one on today. Yeah. Yeah. Getting out there, you know, the apples are ready and. Doing mm-hmm. some harvesting. I got my cardigans out. <laughs> We're looking at pumpkins. Oh, right. Yeah, all kinds uh, of stuff. I'm, I'm like closing down parts of my garden, but yet prepping for other things. Mm-hmm. And then also winter plants. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm ready. That's the only sad part. We had such a beautiful um, garden through the summer and lots and lots of things in bloom. And now that's all, you know, dying down, well, winding it's down. It's supposed to. It's doing its thing. Oh, I know. It's doing its yeah. thing. Yeah, it'll be back. Yes, it will. Yeah, it'll be back next year. You know, yes, probably bigger than bigger than ever, which is really cool. Well, I grew, you know, this year though. What? <laughs> we have a banana tree, and I started like it true a bananas? true banana tree. No bananas okay. this year, uh, but it it started. We planted it two years ago, and it uh-huh. was maybe a foot tall. Yeah. This year it's six feet tall. Oh my! The the leaves are you know those gargantuan leaves. Yeah. So I'm thinking, and then in like the kind of big palm style. Leaves. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so I think oh, this 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 winter, every winter, I I bubble wrap it, you mm-hmm. know, wrap it up so it stays warm. Yeah. And I think that we might get some some fruit next year. Banana. So, yeah, I hope so. Oh, yeah, that'll be kind of. I can fun. start calling you the big banana. That's right. Just don't bring them <laughs> on my boat. I. Okay, so I have to tell you. I took that class, right? I took that how to drive a 40-foot twin-screw vessel, right? Diesel yeah. engine. Yeah. And sure enough, like they brought us provisions for the, you know, three days. Yes. And there were bananas. No. And I cannot for the life of me see bananas and not think of you now and no. don't put that on a boat. It was the first thing that came you. out of our mouths was like, oh no, they gave us bananas, which might have, it might have something to do with when uh, my, my buddy Ron smacked into a piling while he was see? there you go. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, my, my brother's on a, uh, right now on a European I river boat. I did not. Well, no, that's true. That's good. But who brought the bananas? So, you know. I didn't bring the bananas. Yeah, it was see? the people at the company. There you go. Well, <laughs> no, my brother's on a riverboat cruise in Europe right mm-hmm. now going down the Rhine River. And mm-hmm. he, he texted me yesterday a plate, a picture of a plate of bananas. And he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> I have literally <laughs> had somebody down. on my boat pull Our out a banana no and start eating about, it. By the way. And I grabbed the banana out of their mouth and threw it overboard. You did not. I did. No, okay, okay, bananas on the boat. Okay. For those of you <laughs> listening to this right now. So it has nothing to do with real estate, no, by the way. No, of course not. But we always talk about boating and other things. <laughs> so what many of you don't know is I got to experience, you know, I think I talked about my harrowing, you know, kayak rescue a Mm -hmm. couple weeks ago, but people don't know about you telling us the banana story and how you don't have bananas on a boat. Right. It's everybody knows that. No, they don't. I didn't know about it till you told me a couple weeks ago. Well, it's bad luck. 
And if you're out there fishing, especially fisher, if you're fisher into, people, if you're out there fishing, yeah. you, you know, that's the, the old myth. It's bad luck to have bananas mm-hmm. on the boat. So you just don't do it. Yeah. And so if uh, you're superstitious, there you go. <laughs> that's right. Which this is the perfect time because we're coming up on Halloween. There, so spiders. There is a spiders. reason. that, And that is the reason there back in the old days, you know, the... Yeah. The, the sailing vessels would load mm-hmm. their cargo hold full of full of bananas, but if there was spiders nesting in those bananas, mm-hmm. think about a you know month two month three month passage. Mm-hmm. The spiders are going to grow, they're going to populate, they're going to multiply, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you've got a hold full of poisonous spiders. Yeah, that's why they don't uh, originally the no yeah. bananas on the boat. Speaking of social media, there's tons of people posting about all the spiders because it's that time of year. Yeah, things are cooling down. Yeah, the spiders are doing their webs. They're catching all their like last meals, you yeah. know, before a lot of the that's right creatures go away, either die over the winter and or, you know, go into larvae stage or whatever till they can come back. And so they're 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 doing their thing. In fact, there's huge ones around my neighborhood mm-hmm. right now. In fact, I walked straight. This is the one that um, I always call it the uh, like the blind uh, kung fu moves suddenly happen because you see people <laughs> walking down. Yeah, you see people walking down the street, and all of a sudden they're like suddenly slashing <laughs> at the air and kicking. It's because you know they just went through web patrol. They're pretty industrious. Those <laughs> things can they can spin a big web overnight. And oh it's yeah, amazing. they can. You walk out get, your front door, all of a sudden be like, face. Whoa, whoa, oh my god! That's yeah. right. <laughs> I've got ants right now. Those little sugar ants have been plaguing oh, had, me all year long, oh, and now they're bad this back year. with a vengeance. Oh, it's weird. not at my house. This time of year, so yeah. I've got to. Oh, get, I get them in the summer when it's hot. Yeah, they, I, they've gone I away do too. now. Yeah. Okay. Well, well maybe all the spiders ate them at my house. I hope they. Anyway, yeah. we're gonna have lots of other things to cover besides <laughs> just bugs and boats on this show, um, and some of them are gonna be things about what's bugging us. Yeah. In the industry right now, there's a lot right. There's now. a lot. There's yeah. a lot of um, superstitions going on. There's a lot of people being bugged. There's a lot of uh, agents that are feeling bugged right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you and I before we came on air, we were discussing, you know, what are all, there's so many topics all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So um, should we should we just move on along into that, or do or actually do. are are the rates going to bug us? Maybe we should <laughs> let's cover rates first because we've gotten sure. out of the habit of doing rates in well, the first segment. So. Give you a little bit of bit of yeah. good news, yeah. Uh-huh. How okay. about a how about a nice guilt lifter? Uh, yes, I've seen you on your other stuff. Yes, yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, mortgage rates over the last two two and a half weeks really spiked higher. It got it yes, got they did. real ugly. And Meaning it went above seven percent. They even. went over seven percent. It started in England, um, mm-hmm. where and it started with the UK bond market. They call them gilts there. Uh, England's new prime minister, Liz Truss, pledged a forty-five billion pound unfunded tax cut to stimulate their economy, where inflation in England is already running almost ten percent. Mm-hmm. And and so I I know I do a, a weekly update, but it, to me it's like a, it was like an early Guy Fox day, you know, where you're pouring pouring petrol on the fire. Uh, the the bond markets in England crashed. Uh, in fact, it, it got so bad that there were pension funds getting margin calls. Oh wow! You know, because bond, you know those are bond heavy investors, and they they got hammered so so bad that the Bank of England had to actually intervene into the markets. And agree to purchase, you know, gilts basically pumping mm-hmm. money back into the economy, which is even adds more to inflation, right. uh, just to stabilize the markets. Well, over the weekend and actually um, uh, last weekend and on Monday, um, Liz Truss backpedaled on her pledge to cut taxes, and and that has given us a fairly massive relief rally, which is pushing interest rates back down. In addition to that, we, we did get some inflationary statistics last week. We got PCE, personal consumption expenditures, and that's one that the Federal Reserve really, really likes. That's their mm-hmm. favorite index of inflation. That dropped a little bit. It went to 6.2% from 6.4 for the month of July. The core reading, though, which strips out food and energy, uh, came in at 4.9%. That's still a heck of a lot above the Fed's goal of 2%. You know, for inflation, yeah. so we've we've got a ways to go, uh, but we we did get a a good relief rally, and and that rally 
you know, lasted more than a day, which is better than we've had all mm-hmm. summer. Um, oh, earlier in the week. <laughs> true. There That's you go. Right. <laughs> and 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 to add on top of that, um, the beginning of this week, the United Nations, the mm-hmm. UN, called on the Fed and other central bankers to back off to stop their mm. their future interest rate hikes you know because their concern is that the our fed especially is is being overly aggressive with the with the rate hikes and in, in their effort to stop mm-hmm. inflation and it's going to thrust the 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 globe into a, a massive recession so they're they're actually pleading you know the fed please you know slow yeah. down slow your roll Mm-hmm. And and let's not hike yeah. so much. Now the Fed meets later this month. They are they expected to increase three quarters of a percent. I'll be very very curious to see if they mm-hmm. listen to the UN and and their mm-hmm. suggestions because the Fed's been getting it wrong pretty mm-hmm. consistently. Right. You know they were way late to start increasing rates. They should have been doing it a year and a half ago, and they were they were. Yeah, um, I mean this is a this is a pretty big pendulum that they've been. They've done well, this they, they, this year. Yeah, they only stopped um, pumping money into the economy in March. Think right. about that. Yeah, it's not no, that long ago. Yeah, we've got like a six month window where they've gone to some extremes. Oh, massive extremes. Yeah, and and, and I can tell you, talking to friends that are in other places, it I can see why the UN would try and intercede because. It is impacting everybody. Absolutely. It's not and just us. No, it's it's global. And it's also messing with the exchange rates. And that's that's an important mm-hmm. factor as well because the exchange rates, um, especially when we're thinking about energy prices, uh, it, you know, oil is traded in dollars and mm-hmm. a, a stronger dollar just hammers other other currencies, hammers other countries, yeah. you know, uh, makes their oil way, way more expensive. So all of these factors are are being considered, mm-hmm. hopefully by the Fed. We'll see. I, again, they, they do not have a good track record of getting things right. Well, yeah. Some of the other stuff I think that's going on right now, too, that I'm, I'm worried about is we just got done. And again, we've got personal friends that are all in Florida, some who were actually on the show that were impacted by Hurricane Ian mm-hmm. that just yeah. went through, right? Uh, yeah. And so we're now going to have some major costs of rebuilding mm-hmm. here in some areas, and it's going to impact also insurance rates for everybody because the right. cost for the repairs of all those things, work people are going to start heading those directions. There's going to be some pretty Ooh, big yeah. impacts. So let's, let's talk about that when we get back. And then I'll give you the good news on rates too. So okay. stay tuned. We've got more Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1300. The answer. Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba has from Team Reba. And we are here every Saturday at 2 o'clock. And Sundays at 3. And always on podcast. One of the longest running podcasts in the world. We've been going at this for about seven years. Seriously? I don't I don't know. I was I wonder if that's true, though. It's, it's up there. But yeah, being seven years Some of, them are, of programming. Yeah, 10 yeah. years is kind of like when yeah. podcasts really started going. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so we've uh, so. we've had a lot of content between now and then. That's and right. We're repackaging some of that, too, to send out to people because there's you know different elements and adaptation of some of the things that we've talked about over time. So it's kind of nice to give historical perspective to people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the information is actually... Still relevant. It is. You know, I even have, so while our website was having some problems, we got that back up and running again. And I got to tell you, I was telling somebody, I'm like, we have over, well, my first 13 years in this industry, I had over 900 articles online on this blog. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we don't want to lose all this content. And I had someone asking, they're like, well, is any of it still relevant? I went, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, a lot of it is because yeah. the industry mostly stays a lot the same. There's things that change, mm -hmm. but like questions you would ask a lender. Right. Those haven't really changed. Not much. What's no. a typical process of selling a house? Hasn't changed a ton. Strategies for yeah. writing a winning offer, things right. like that. Yeah, a lot mm -hmm. of them are still there. Right. So, yeah, yeah we're like, no, we, we, we still need some of that. And yeah. then plus the historical reference points. Right. Right. And so. we will give the occasional refresher, of course, you know, as oh, things yeah, do change. And, yeah. and especially in lending, where we mm -hmm. average 120 changes every month. Yeah. Lots well, moving. Some of that historical information is useful as you mm -hmm. go back right. and try and figure out, like, what has happened? Like, what was you and I, how many times have we talked on the show that during the recession, it was the lending practices that set off a bunch of the mm -hmm. time bomb. But where we're at today, like, you can go back and listen to us talk about those things and give you exactly what happened and then hear about, well, what changed and what is there today? Mm -hmm. And I think if people don't have those reference points, it's kind of like if you don't study history, you're bound to have it you know, happen repeat again. Itself. Repeat itself, right? That's what part of that's all about. No, you're right? absolutely right. The run-up in housing pre-2006, mm -hmm. you know, pre 2007, you know, six, uh, was really due to irresponsible lending. Right. Uh, there was a lot of inventory back then, about mm -hmm. 18 months of inventory. Yep. And, uh, but you could go out and get a loan by fogging a mirror. Yes. You know? you yeah, know, which is not true today. Stated income, no appraisal, mm -hmm. zero down. You still have to be able to fog a mirror. You have to be yeah. alive. Yeah, you do have to be alive. <laughs> yeah, we have that's, that. Re we still important. have that requirement. Yes. Uh, but, but in 2010, there was a series of laws passed which made lending much more strict. We have to prove what's called ability to repay. Mm -hmm. As a consequence, today we have one of the lowest foreclosure rates ever recorded. Mm -hmm. the, the 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 credit side of, of the housing market is very, very strong. And the average consumer has about $280,000 in equity in their home. So we're not going to see, you know, wholesale foreclosures and things like that, number one, because we have high quality loans, but number two, uh, because people have equity. You know, why yeah. would you go into foreclosure if you could sell your home for a profit? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's all good news. Speaking of other good news, let's yes. wrap up on interest rates. Let's do. Okay. So here are the national averages uh, for mortgages, and I'll, I'll give a little bit of a of a, a historical perspective as well. Thirty-year fixed rates, six point six five percent, and those are down 0.43 percent from a week ago. In fact, we hit a high point on September twenty-seventh. Just. What week and a half ago? Yeah, they they broke seven. They were at seven point oh eight percent. The next day, six point six five. Then six point eight two, six point seven five, six point six nine, six point six five. Now we're sitting, you know, six point six five. I'm real happy with that. You know, we're below that mm -hmm. seven percent mark, and I know right. they're still in the sixes. But I remember actually, you're talking about historical. I found an old article I mm -hmm. wrote back in the in the late nineties where interest rates are finally down to 7% right. and the market Actually, loves about it. the time you and I started working together mm -hmm. in 2003, yeah. this is about what the rates were. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, if you look at averages over 50 years, mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're pretty close to average yeah. right now. Uh, but so people, we got spoiled. We did. And, and the run-up in house prices we've seen over the last decade uh, can really be attributed to you know, artificially low interest rates. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that is that is that. Okay, other rates: fifteen-year fixed rate, six point zero five. That's down 0.28 from a week ago. FHA and VA thirty-year fixed rate, six point four eight, down a half a percent from a week ago. Jumbo thirty-year fixed rates, five point eight five percent, down 0.2 percent from a week ago. So everything uh, with rates is is headed a little bit lower. We're very happy to see this, what we call a relief rally, mm -hmm. you know, where where most of this was sparked well, be I'm because the PM, <laughs> the UK PM, you know, backed off. They mm -hmm. took a step back on their on their tax cut. Yes. Interesting times where news in Europe mm -hmm. affects your pocketbook and yeah. the, the monthly payment you're going to make for the next 30 years. Well, uh, fun stuff. Yes, it is fun stuff. But I just want to keep reminding people because there's a lot of folks who have, because that's where you and I were going to go with this whole show today is mm -hmm. what is happening with pricing? What is happening with how buyers are seeing things? Because mm -hmm. like 
we taught a class just the other week, right? And so that was a big part of the question is, you know, does it make sense in this environment to go ahead and buy? And you and I have been advocating because we're not always just like buy, 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 buy in any mm-hmm. scenario, but we're starting to see some things happening mm-hmm. that really, if you are in the position to do so, I can't but in good conscience tell people that they should. Because like we're, I'm reaching out to past clients right now about buying investment property because like I just posted an article the other day that came in from the Northwest multiple listing service that was a study done by an outside resource. uh, And in the study, like they looked at a bunch of different markets. There's only five other markets that have lower vacancy rates than the Seattle market. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was just having a conversation with one of my past clients the other day because he's saying, my daughter's getting to college age. He's like, what's it look like maybe buying something in the area around UW? You know, doing what a lot of foreign investors have done when they've sent their kids to school here, which is buy a place that the daughter can live in mm-hmm. and have roommates, Yeah, right? And then just hang on to that possibly later on, right? right? And, you know... There have been times where I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's going to be the best place for you to put your money. But I went back and I was looking. And I was like, well, actually, with rents having gone up 12 to 14 percent annually here for a while, and with no true relief in sight anytime soon no. around that, um, vacancy rates being supremely low, like we were at 5.4 percent, but that number is actually inclusive of homes that are just vacant, not that are in the rental pool. We're actually like three point six percent for the actual rental vacancy rate. That's mm-hmm. a ridiculously low number. It is. That's right. a very very low number. The problem in the Seattle market, and this is one where you mm-hmm. give you give advice on it. I give advice on. It. In fact, I mm-hmm. I teach a class on this. Mm-hmm. Is is cash flow? It's getting a right. cash flow. Yeah. Right, but but here's the thing. We also know, regardless of the cash flow, like, see, those alarms are going off right there, just so people can listen. Like, I don't know, my, my, my brain alarms are going off. Are they telling me the real scoop here? But you and I have also said, though, because of the appreciation rates, we just proved this on one of our last shows, appreciation, even in this more volatile market this year, still has gone up 11%. Yes. So people are still buying for the longer term appreciation. Right. Because with our housing prices being higher and if you're able to buy with leverage, well why wouldn't you? Well, you just know, look I mean, at if, San if Francisco, in, look at the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're going. I right. mean, that's my opinion. Yeah, it's my opinion that way as well. And you and I have even said and there's there's other real estate agents, Glenda Baker, who's a friend of mine and who has become, you know, somewhat, you know, social media famous now. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on somebody else's podcast recently and she was saying, "Look, you know, if you can, and you and I have been starting to say this to people, if you have a younger family member who needs help in buying a property, it actually makes sense to do that, Mm -hmm. right? Because we may get to a place, we've been watching institutional investors buying up property. We're seeing them actually build to rent now in some marketplaces. Mm -hmm. When we do have, like, I look at what happened with Hurricane Ian and those areas, because some of the areas of Florida were some of the ones that had the highest vacancy rates. And part of that is because those are also second home markets and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Right. Some of them have higher unemployment. But the number of people displaced from that area are probably going to bleed over into some of the other ones that have availability. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Because they, they're going to need somewhere to live. Right. And if they still want to stay in Florida, they're not going to go very far. Right. Putting further strain on, on our already limited supply of housing stock. Exactly. So that is going to also have a play as we have all of these large weather events impacting property. Still going to have that. And we're still not building fast enough. The cost of construction is also so prohibitive that the resale market is what's really going to also get impacted over time. And we were discussing this in um, some of my social media that I'm like, if you have the opportunity, like think about the Gansneder family who we helped with buying in Burien. 
that was a great opportunity for a young man that had a parent with some good skills. He's been learning how to do construction projects. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the area where he bought, he got one of the lower-priced homes in a very popular area right. and is now renovating that home to today's standards. And he is getting some great value out of that property now. And doing a fantastic job, I might add. Yeah. So it looks, no, you know, I've been I, watching I get the their pictures. journey. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I've been watching the journey and I think it's yeah. amazing what they're doing. Yeah. And I just want to keep imploring to the people who listen to this, do the same. Yeah, let's let's put it in just a, a slightly different way. How many of you out there have a home that you used to own that you sold and you're like, man, I wish I would have kept that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel the same way about certain cars and things. Oh yeah, but, I wish uh, I'd kept every property. Every single property I've ever mm-hmm. owned, I wish I would have would have kept yeah. because yeah, my very first house is worth at least a million now. My last house is worth about two million right, right now. Yeah. And knowing what I paid for those things at the time, I'm like, oh, gosh, I wish I... It hurts. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'd be set. And and buying something now... Better than my stocks. It's not going to be any different if you buy something now and and look back 20 years from now. Exactly. It's going to be the same, or or if not better. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got to take a real quick break. We're going to be right back with Open House with Team Reba. Stay tuned. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1300. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Thanks for listening, and welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba, yes. if somebody wants to reach you, how do they do that? Uh, well, info at Team Reba. If you want to send me an email with maybe a request for a meeting or things like that, or to give us your story problem um, for us to start talking to you about, or you can give me a text before calling at 206-457-2984. And you know what I just realized the other day? Hmm. You know why it took me so long to start getting that number down? Hmm. Is because it's really similar to yours. <laughs> and I've given your number out for 20 years. And so it's been messing with me. Well, that's awesome. So maybe yeah. go ahead and give your number there. Uh, yeah, now. don't forget mine. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You can, uh, you can call me 206-915-3742. Easy to remember, 206-915-ERIC. Just don't and, call them out. That's right. You can email me, eric at ericismybanker.com. 
Okay. And find me on social media. Yeah, we la, both la, are all those different in places. all those different. Yeah, we, not that we want to confuse you, but you can easily find us anywhere out there for sure. Right. You know, we're talking about what's changing in our in our market. You know, with respect to mm-hmm. real estate and house prices and listings. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I've I've noticed right now, and we were talking about this during the break, and I don't know if this is anecdotal or not, mm-hmm. but. A, there's a lot of real estate agents that are just kind of AWOL right now. They're they're not they are. actively practicing. Yeah. Uh, and I think like a lot of home buyers, when the rates went up, mm-hmm. the market shifted, and and a lot of a lot of real estate agents, as well as you know folks out there buying or selling, mm-hmm. kind of got frozen. You know, they're they sort of stunned did. a little bit. It's yeah. it's like, what do I do here? Well, and, I have. I have mentioned, and you know that we had to talk about this very deeply in our class recently. Not only is it what's going on with rates and the collective kind of <gasps> taking in of a breath and people not exhaling yet, is there's also um, a lot of agents locally who are freaking out about the new requirement about how their Buyer oh. agent compensation mm-hmm. will now be on the front page of the contracts. And a stunning number of people do not know how to have that conversation about the value of their services. Nobody likes to talk about money. Well, you know, but. What's your fee? Okay, so. It's, you know it's the largest transaction of your life ah, for most people. Okay, this is where you and I, like, you say that, and I'm like, I am coaching people all the time, like, if your real estate agent cannot talk to you about money, how the heck are they going to negotiate well for you? Absolutely. Right? I mean, we well, just had, yes. we were talking about this the other week when my Bothell listing, I was in the middle of a counteroffer situation. I had three different agents working with me on that one mm-hmm. with three different buyer groups. And the third one, the, the people who actually got it, the guy called me up and was like, so how does this work in a counter offer? Like, can we write an offer? And I'm staring at my phone like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you don't even know what your job is and what you're supposed to be able to do. Like, ah, uh. and it just, you know, so for those people who don't know how to talk about it, if you're interviewing an agent who gives pause to that question about what is the value they bring, what will they earn, how will they earn it, I'm going to suggest don't hire them. Not a bad bit of advice. I was, and it's not just because I think they should come and hire me, because I do know how to talk about it. I do know how to talk about money. I'm very comfortable talking about money, very comfortable in negotiations, but even if you are somewhere else listening to the show in a completely different marketplace and your agent can't talk to you well, about how they get paid, don't hire them. There, You know this better than I do, but there are a lot of agents out there that saw some TV show and they thought this uh-huh. was going to be a glamorous job. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was talking to one years ago, but we're at some sort of cocktail party and, and you know, the, she's all excited. Well, I, I just got my real estate license. I'm oh, like, oh, fantastic. She knew I was a lender. Mm-hmm. You know, congratulations. I go, what's your marketing strategy going to be? Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to just be their realtor. I want to be their friend. I want to barf. <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's and I'm like, no I'm one hires myself, you to be their friend. That's they hire you to do a <laughs> job for them. A good job. No, that, that was the strategy. That was it. I know. She had nothing. I, I yeah, know. Yeah, there and was you, nothing. And you know what I had. Right. Well, right. you did I, have a strategy. I you had a business a plan. I had a whole business plan, a marketing plan, and all the budget behind. I still have all of those well, things I, in I've place. I've said that. And I have staff that help me 
Make sure it happens and executes it. I've told many, many people that you are one of the only real estate agents I've ever encountered that actually had a plan mm-hmm. and and executed it. Yeah, you know, and most, we revise it every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most are, are really just kind of flying by the the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. Not all, which is why there's, all. A there's massive some some very failure. very good ones out there. Yes, uh, if you there approach are. this as a career and as a business, and exactly. if uh, same thing with lending, mm-hmm. and if you are a student. Of the industry, you need yep. to continue to be learning and to be growing and to be adapting. Absolutely, uh, just just like any other business. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it twenty years, and I have overextended on clock hour classes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have forty. I have what would be a forty-year veteran's background awesome. in education. Yes. Well, that's that's awesome. That's because no, it that, matters. That you know, like, I don't. Important. I don't want to mess around with somebody else's. You know, finances, livelihood, you know, how mm-hmm. their family's impacted, their investment portfolio. Like, we just, we're not down for that. Mm-hmm. But I want, I want to go back to that concept, though, what we were just saying about, like, real estate and investment and, and having different ways of looking at things because the price points of our marketplace, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking to um, colleagues of mine all around the United States because what we're doing right now is – doing some assessments of different marketplaces and price models, because I want to be able to offer to a lot of our clients, you know, an investment club and an opportunity of like, look, if this is where your interests lie, and let's say cash flow is king, mm-hmm. well, I want to have all the right relationships in place with people in other marketplaces outside of current hurricane land <laughs> that, um, cause Florida is a popular place for that. And a bunch of people probably just lost some investments down there or in second homes, but I'm looking at marketplaces where unemployment is low or relatively stable. Mm-hmm. And we have cash flow potential for properties, but I also am realistic that, Hey, this is my backyard here. And for, People who are, you know, yours and my age or and maybe a little older, if you have adult children or grandchildren who are coming into this marketplace, I mean, you and I have had this conversation even for your own sons. Mm-hmm. How are they going to be able to afford it? Right. Do they have the career that gives the income that can help them do this? But here's the other thing. Lots of people our age and older have also watched stock market be unstable. Mm-hmm. And so... Real estate is a much more stable investment. And you can, I mean, if you have a child or grandchild and their hold period is seven to 10 years and you help them with purchasing a property and then they go to oh, sell it down the road and yeah. you have that leverage that and is, growth. Oh my gosh. What a great opportunity. Yes. Right? There, there's no better way to generate wealth. Yeah. There, there just, just isn't. So you're helping generationally right. as well as yourself mm-hmm. and making it, you know, like if you've got the kind of relationships that, that allow for that. And here's the thing. So I, I was telling you this on the break. Um, so I have some great estate planning attorneys from all different areas around here, mm-hmm. right? So we've got people in Des Moines, Bellevue, Shoreline, Bothell, Kirkland. I mean, I, I've got a huge roster of people that I can reach out mm-hmm. to. But I was having lunch with a couple of gals over in Bellevue the other day, and um, we were at 520 on Main, right? And so we're sitting there, we're having this chat, and they said, you know, the number one thing that we're running into right now is – a lot of our clients doing exactly that. They're like, mm-hmm. we're having to make sure and work with them in their estate planning around how do we hold title to the property. Right. Right. And just having those open conversations about what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And you can do it in a number of formats. It can be by percentage, it can be by dollar amount, it can be by like who puts in what, it, you know, who's paying the mortgage over time. There's so many, mm-hmm. you just have to have open conversation and not get overly emotional about the numbers. Right. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you're all doing something good together. Right. 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 And it also has some tax advantages. Let me put it this way. When we have someone who passes away and you have a stepped up cost basis, like we just finished all of our pricing model to send out to all these different attorneys, wealth managers, insurance people, Mm -hmm. and, and whatnot that we're working with. So we have our market analysis pricing. So I charge three hundred for a condo, five hundred for single family, a thousand for a two to four unit, and then it's 
you know, you got to get a request on if it's more than that, right? Mm, or a sure. very special property. But in we give that to these attorneys for use to say, okay, if let's say you have a father-son situation and you co-own. Well, if the father passes away, the son now gets the stepped-up cost basis of mm-hmm. that property, which is very meaningful in a high-price environment like here. Mm-hmm. As long as we still have 250000 capital gains exemption right. as an individual, and you get a stepped-up cost basis, you yeah, get to start a, over you're, you're, for the two fifty. That's a massive That's amount of tax incredible. savings. incredible. Right. It's incredible the conversations right. you should be having right, right now. So people first thing Monday should be on the phone with their attorney or with their financial yeah. planner and get this thing going. Yeah. Yeah. No, or it's easy, easy enough to do. realtor like me who right. can also hook them up and help them find the property. Absolutely. And incidentally, uh, speaking of hooking up, if you are... <laughs> wait. <laughs> That Careful. didn't come out the way I wanted Careful. it to. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Ellie um, may have a problem with that. If you are interested in investment property, mm-hmm. um, I'll actually, uh, one of the, the best organizations locally is the Rental Housing Association of Washington, mm-hmm. R-H-A-W-A yeah. dot O-R-G. Yeah. And Rental Housing Association of Washington is a membership. It's cheap to join. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do education. They have all the forms that you need that are mm-hmm. city specific. Uh, they have clinics. They have a, a, a very active forums mm-hmm. with advice, as well as do tenant screening services and things like that. Right. But, but I am going to say, though, mm. if you want to invest in real estate but not have to worry about tenants, do it with your family. Because then now you're co-owners. All right. Well, that, that wasn't where I was going with that. I know. But, um, I know. Because I'm teaching a class for them for investors. Okay. Well, so we'll right after the, the break, segment, we'll talk about that. I wanted to make sure that people understand this is an opportunity now. with Team Reba on AM 1300, The Answer. Okay, let's roll right in. Oh, Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Reba has from Team Reba. And we're here again every Saturday and every Sunday. Yes, and always on podcast. Yeah, so thanks for listening with- in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just before the break, I, I wanted to just put a real quick plug out there because I will be teaching a one-hour uh, webinar on purchasing one to four family residential property. And that's going to be held on November 9th from 3 to 4 p.m. And this is uh, exclusive to members of the Rental Housing Association of Washington. So if you'd like to listen in on that and learn more about that whole process, uh, be sure to uh, log into Rental Housing Association of Washington, rhawa.org join and then you can sign up for that class. For Is that free. in person? It's a webinar. Okay. Yeah. So that will be online. Which uh, is so. something that we've been talking about because a lot of people, you were saying that you had a class for real estate agents. So I want to go back yeah. to that idea. Like a lot of real estate agents are kind of missing because you noticed that you had a class because you do CE courses for mm-hmm. the industry. I do. Yeah. And you didn't have the turnout. That we have you very, you have. very, yeah, nominal per participation, mm-hmm. and I, I'm trying to figure out why. You know, uh, is mm-hmm. the class boring? I don't think so. In fact, we get great responses <laughs> back from it. Um, so I, I don't think it's Are that. You feeling sensitive? I have memes in Do my. I have memes in my class. That, my yeah. class is funny. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, I th- and and memes I'm, do not make a class. I'm thinking, is it COVID? Is it if people don't want to show up in person for a class, mm-hmm. but then again, the restaurants are full? Right. Okay. But you know what? Okay. Let's, let's take a step back from that. A class is not entertainment, and a restaurant is. Mm-hmm. And so people will do different things when they have different expectations out of it. Mm-hmm. Because I gave you this example, and this is another reason to be asking the real estate agents that you're talking to, like, how engaged are they in the industry? But- the Battle of the Barristers, one of the classes I love attending every year, mm-hmm. normally they have to have a huge ballroom over in Bellevue to house the 900-some people that usually attend that class. Mm-hmm. So, of course, during COVID, they had to do all of it remotely. And I think you've got uh, a lack of people wanting to leave their homes. You know, they, they want to yeah. sit in their jammies and do their class. And so they just had Battle of the Barristers where they offered it in person. A class that no- they had 1,200 people online 
and 30 in person. Yeah. And so that's what a lot of people don't want to deal with the traffic. They don't. We're back. Yeah. We, we, you have yeah. different impacts. But people will go out to dinner. Right. One, because it's usually more local to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's entertainment. They, they're leaving their house to get away from their work environment or their work from home or right. whatever it right. is. And all the stresses they have there. We're a class, you know. But then again, I have other, like we've had some company get-togethers recently. Mm-hmm. And everybody was so happy to see other people face-to-face. And, company and get-together. Was it? Uh, no was meeting. It, company meeting. Okay. Let's call it, call it a it meeting. Was it also fun? Yeah. Well. Was there, there like were, things to go do? Maybe did there you were go things, somewhere? Things to drink, but no, we didn't go anywhere. Just you know, just you did a local. Yeah, yeah, just office, office. Okay, because I know like your pre- I thought you were going to talk about your president's club thing because I know that oh, when well, they're like that's flying different. you somewhere. Well, sure. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of that kind of thing. Right. No, that's a whole different, whole different deal. But because that's the whole thing is travel right now is way up. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lots yeah, of Americans sure. are back to traveling overseas. Oh, big time. Yeah, big, big time. time overseas. Yeah, in fact, they made the headlines a couple weeks ago when. The TSA line at SeaTac was out into the parking lot, you know, where, because TSA was understaffed, mm-hmm. you know, for the volume yeah. that was. Well, was and it's not in. just from here. I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. No, right? Yeah, if, if, that's that's what that's what is interesting to mm-hmm. me. So yeah, we'll have to kind of give some more thought to that. I'd love uh, any opinions from from our listeners out there too. But you at know, least your class is something you can sit in your little jammies <laughs> and just true. listen in. You bet. And and just. Cram pack your head full of good knowledge. That's my big challenge. You know, I, I have a three hour class on this topic, but RHA ha- wants me to do it in an hour. Mm-hmm. So, how do I fit three hours of content into an hour? So, that'll the best be fun. Parts. Mm-hmm. That's Pick right. The best parts. We get the meat. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we don't want the tomato and the lettuce <laughs> part. Yeah, just throw that away. No bun. <laughs> <laughs> just meat. Just, uh, that's what you would always go for, I'm sure. <laughs> if, you, if you had to strip down a Dick's burger, which part would you keep? Ooh, uh, mm. the tartar sauce. What? Yeah, just the sauce. Yeah, I like that. Ew. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anyway. Would you lick it like a cat? Maybe, maybe the meat. They got, oh, meat. Okay. They got good uh, meat. Anyway. Yeah, you seem to think that they'll cure the common cold. This is, I believe, the first time in our in our long history of this show that you're the one that brought up Dick's Drive-In and not me. So I'd just like to make that point. <laughs> but now I that you brought it up. Thing. Yeah, I know. They have a mobile truck now, too. Have you noticed I know. that? Seen that? Yeah, they I know, because they, they go into Renton all the time. It's wonderful. Yeah. 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 Okay, are you they done do now? cure the cold. They don't. I still remember when you Prove started trying wrong. to say that they... <laughs> I don't eat Dick's Burgers and I don't get colds. Well, yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> like, I don't know what the thing did, is. Did you ever? Okay. Did you ever wear that uh, that COVID era face mask I gave you with Dick's Driving logos all over it? No. <laughs> Fine. I never. That's what I get for giving you a gift. I pass that right along to somebody else who I know that would appreciate it a bit more than me. Yes, I won't go okay. into what I had to say about it. I'm, okay. We can only imagine. <laughs> we, this is not that kind of show. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Okay, let's let's get back into this. Like, what is going on with agents, though? Because we were talking about what's going on with agents and what's going on with pricing. Right. So tell, tell us. Tell me again how many there are out there. Uh, in the MLS or yeah, just in the nation? In the, in the MLS. There's 1.6 million in the nation, although we believe that number's dropping actively right now. Yeah. There's over 34,000. We're up uh, like 5.6% oh this gosh. year. Wow. See, that's the, that's the crazy thing. Now, that's, that's for the whole year, so we'll see how we end the year uh, with this October 3rd you know, right. contract change happening. There may be people who, you know, step out of the industry because they don't know how to, to handle this. I will say, please, if you're listening to the show and you are considering selling a property, audit, audit. When someone tells you and they're trying to get your listing, please audit at least what they do. Inspect what you expect. Because just the other day as I was looking at properties for some of my clients online, the photos, there's, I, I think we talked about, there's a $13 million listing on Lake Washington in Kirkland. Yeah. That yeah. should be a gorgeous house. I've actually shared photos of this with people. It's the most horrific looking thing online. 
<laughs> it even comes with a 65 foot boat and there's not even like a clear picture of the boat. And so it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. This person has this $13 million listing with such disgusting photos. I have another one. I'm showing this house tonight to a client. There's six photos. None of the, one of them is they, they did a screenshot of the Google street view. <laughs> I kid you not. They didn't even take a picture of the outside themselves. And I'm just like, you know, when I'm proving my value, we, we put in, depending on the size of the property and the cost of that property, we put in an investment. This is really an investment in our clients. Yeah. We put four to $12,000 minimum per client. Oh, I know. Per listing. Yeah, absolutely. And so well, when I see stuff like that, I lose my mind because I keep staff on to manage marketing, creating flyers, creating social media posts, putting advertising out. We have all important. of these tools, the photos, the 3D, the drone, the, all these things. And then you look at someone who's got like four photos <laughs> right. and you're like, well, I what sent you one world? that was a lakefront property and the guy's thumb was like blocking mm -hmm. half of the yeah. half of the, the lens. And there's just too many of them. I, I just don't get it. In fact, there's a whole website. Um, look up Zillow Gone Wild. Mm -hmm. And oh, of all the just bizarre listings and things out there. Well, so other than mocking the industry, I've actually proactively, I want our listeners to know this. I've actually proactively gone to my designated broker and asked them to help us start changing the industry. Mm -hmm. To start demanding. Department of Licensing doesn't have an interest necessarily in really reducing the number of agents. It's a cash cow mm -hmm. for the state. Right. So if you are listening to the show and you want good services, you have to demand them. Absolutely. You have to ask the right kinds of questions. If you need a list of those questions, I'm happy to provide them. And I'd love to have an opportunity to serve. There you go. Well, thank you for, for that uh, commercial message. <laughs> and thanks for listening. And everybody, we're here every Saturday, 2 o'clock to 3, Sundays, 3 to 4. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba. Our house in the middle of our street. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.